0: Hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We have a surprise for you today as well because Jessica's with me again. I love it. (laughs) So fun. I was actually listening back to our episode that aired, um, gosh, the week of April, I don't know, 15th or something, whatever date that was, Uh and about batch lesson planning. And I could tell the difference in our voices.
1: Good. (laughs) So we are
0: all set So we're good. Um, Okay, so we are going to talk about narrative writing today on this episode. And it's mostly going to be kind of you talking, sharing your experience with a particular book that you've used to teach narratives over the years, mm-hmm. um, why you love using that book and and how it's possible we could make it work for distance learning if that's something that you're looking to do now. Or you can put this episode kind of in your back pocket for when we do go back to school, which will eventually happen. Yes, um, looking so, forward to it. Yeah, same. <laughs> Same. Okay, so why don't you kick it off, share the book, yeah. let us kind of in on your secrets with this book? For
1: sure. So, this book that I've been using um, with my particular narrative writing unit is called Up North at the Cabin and it's by Marsha Wilson Shaw. And it's actually it's an older book. It was published in 1992. And I was first introduced to it when I taught this gifted reading and writing summer camp I did every year through Johns Hopkins University. And another teacher used it. And I saw the writing her students produced. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get that book. I'm using it in my classroom. So that was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I've been using it ever since. So I absolutely recommend this book. It's just beautifully written. And the language is just filled with um, alliteration, metaphors, similes, like every type of figurative language you can imagine. So kids love it. So I kind of just want to walk you through how I use it in the classroom. Perfect. Yeah. And I, by the way, I've used this as young as third grade and that's with a lot of hand holding, but it does not need to be used with younger grades. You could absolutely use this with seventh, eighth graders. So what I would do is I'd read the book to my students and we'd go on a figurative language hunt and they'd find all the different examples and we'd sort them, we'd talk about them, we'd come up with our own examples. So that was like our big focus for the reading And then after, they would use the text to write a similar story. So I kind of want to give you some background on the story. Okay, great. So up north at the cabin again, it's about this young girl. She's going up to visit her grandparents' lakeside cabin in northern Minnesota. And I think I have like a special place in my heart for that. My mom's from Minnesota and like we've done that. We've gone to the lakeside cabins there when we go back for the summer. So it's just, it's so sweet. So she goes to this cabin and it's all about like her excitement going there and then all the things she does with her grandparents while she's at the cabin. It's like fishing or water skiing, just walking around in the woods. It just makes you like feel nostalgic for- Totally, it brings me back to my childhood. Right? Yes. Um, And so she goes through all these beautiful things she does at the cabin and then it's time for her to go home and she kind of just packs up her things and tells herself, I'm gonna look back on this summer and like hold it in a special place when I'm far away from the cabin. So it's a very, very simple story, but that's actually why it's perfect for narrative writing because kids can mimic the format. So what I have them do is I have them pick a special place that's meaningful to them. And it has to be a place they've been to many times. It can't just be like a one random trip and they don't remember any details. So we really talk about like maybe it's grandma's house or maybe it's Disneyland or wherever. And they pick this spot. And then they have to figure out the direction that it is from where we are. That sounds kind of weird. but So the story's (laughs) up north at the cabin, right? right? (laughs) So if they pick... Disneyland. Well, we live in San Francisco. That's where I've always taught this book, and so they say down south at Disneyland, right, or out east in South Carolina, or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. So they have their title, and then they get to start brainstorming all about this special place. What it's like to go there? Do they get on a plane? Do they drive? Do they, you know, I don't know, take Take a train, train. (laughs) right? And then what do they do there? And so they have their huge list of brainstorm, but then they get to start thinking like, okay, how can I make this filled with figurative language, just like that mentor text we read. And the stuff they come up with is just always so cool because that's the focus. Right. And so, right. So we spend a lot of time, like, how can you say, you know, um, I went swimming and turn that into a metaphor. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, I am a mermaid when I am visiting grandma's Lake or whatever, you know, Yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Well, so, and
0: sorry, I want to interrupt yeah, you really fast. In. The the brainstorm part, like before they even start writing anything or coming up with sentences to mm-hmm. fill their narrative, they're brainstorming these ideas and then creating figurative language based off of those ideas. So they haven't even sat down to go off on some crazy nope. tangent where their narrative has no focus, and they say and
1: then and then and then, which is the worst, right? Right. <laughs> like I hate that with narrative <laughs> writing, and that's it's perfect for this book because it's all about the focus, and that was my next um, point actually. So once they have their brainstorm of all this beautiful figurative language and they're kind of their main bullet points Then we map out their stories Now if you read the story and I really do hope you you know order it on amazon or find it at your local bookstore but it's It's formatted in a way that Each part of the short story goes something like on the way up north to the cabin or up north at the cabin when it's time to leave the cabin, like it's very structured. Mm -hmm. And so we set up our narratives the same way. So again, even my third graders did this and I'd have them do two short paragraphs about going to this special place. And they all had sentence stems to start out with on the way down South to Disneyland or whatever. And then they would do three little body paragraphs about being at their special place. And each of those three body paragraphs had to start with a metaphor. And then they develop that throughout the paragraph. And then the final paragraph was when they pack up to go home. So I was thinking I could read just a little bit of the book, maybe a sentence or two. Yeah. Yeah, Just so you see that little how it works. But the conclusion is up north at the cabin, we are almost ready to go. I check under my bed. And then she goes through this list of all the other things she does when she's leaving the cabin. So my students would do the same thing. They would go through like the the routine of leaving their special place and it kind of draws their narrative to a natural conclusion. And so it was really nice because they weren't going off on tangents. They had a way to end. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, none of this, I don't know what to write next because we had our brainstorm and then we had our sentence stems of getting ready to go to the special place, being there, leaving the special place. And it was really cool because they felt proud of their writing, you know, this beautifully written lyrical story that they had created. And what was really cool then is we could compile it into like a class anthology of their special places. And so we were thinking like, how could you tie this into distance learning, right? Well, what I did with my students was use the app Book Creator. And I I want to say there's a special offer right now where you can get free access to this so definitely look into it but students can record themselves reading the book they can drag pictures into the book as they type their um, potty paragraphs, and then they can publish the books and they can share them either publicly or you know just with you or their family, however you decide to set it up. But it's really cool. And so this is definitely applicable to distance learning. Like A teacher could record themselves reading this book to their students and share it with them or do it live on a Zoom call and do a figurative language hunt, right? And then walk them through the learning process. Walk them through the brainstorm and through the rough draft phase. You could even do peer editing. Like it's all doable, especially if you stretch it out. This could easily be, you know, six or seven or more class periods, and they create this beautiful piece. You know, so it's yeah. just one of my favorite lessons.
0: I, I can just see like, and I hope people can hear it too because we're on a Zoom call. So I'm I'm watching you talk about it, not just listening to you talk about mm-hmm. it, and I can just see like your passion for it and how you just totally you believe. And have seen that this process of writing narratives like really works for kids, and that's yes. kind of what we talk about a lot. You know, we have a narrative writing course called <laughs> "How to Teach Narrative Writing," very Great. original. <laughs> and we do use a ton of mentor texts to teach mm-hmm. the various elements um, of narratives, and even in our EB Teachers Club, our May. Bundle is focused on short stories and students writing their own narratives. Um, And we use a lot of these same strategies of starting with the brainstorm and then creating figurative language off of those brainstorms Mm -hmm. and using sentence stems and having certain ways to begin a story and certain ways to end a story and really structuring our, our narratives around that so that they do have and hold some sort of structure. Because a lot of the times, I mean, kids really need that structure for yes. for writing personal narratives.
1: And I will say that like, this is a mini narrative unit that I do. I know you and I both are strong believers in like laying the foundation in narrative writing and then incorporating it throughout the rest of the year. So this is a project I actually would always do at the end of the year. And it was just like a fun kind of culmination to our narrative writing. Yeah. So it wasn't my main... Way to teach it by any means. Like my students had already learned about leads and figurative language and endings and transitions, and they could kind of apply that yes. into this.
0: Yeah, so yeah. And we're going to be talking about that on the podcast soon. We're going to be talking more specifically about narratives. I think the end of May, mm-hmm. um, so we can dive more deeply into that. But yes, I mean, I think that 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 is key. Like you said, you know, at the beginning of the year, we spend a lot of time teaching narratives, the foundations of narratives, and then students are continuously writing narratives throughout the year. And also the same thing with literary analysis. I mean, all of the, the t- different types of writing that you and I have taught, right. that, that that's kind of like the backbone of our belief is we introduce it, we teach it in depth all at the beginning of the year, and then they're practicing it always throughout the school year. Mm-hmm. So- well, yeah. cool. thanks for sharing that. I ha- I was thinking as you're saying that, so I'm going to share the link for the book yes. in the show notes for people, and then I'm also going to share the link. We have a free download for. Oh, I'm being interrupted right now by
1: my. Son. I hear a I little two-year-old you.
0: coming in. Yes. Mommy's recording a podcast episode right now. I love you. Did you ride your bike home? No. No. Do you want to hear? Do you want to say he's gonna? Will is gonna come on the podcast. Say say hi. Hi. Say hi everybody. Hi everybody. Ooh. Hi Will, real life right there, yes. everybody. All right, I'll be right out. Sorry guys.
1: Nope, I think a Hopefully lot of teachers can relate smile, to that, especially <laughs>
0: right now, right? As we're trying to all work from home and take care of our children. Um, So what I was saying was, is we have a free. Um, figurative language like cheat sheet that students could use. You could use it digitally with your kids. Um, it has different types of figurative language on it. We have examples and you can use that for your kids to find examples from the book if you're doing it. But Jessica has a point she really wants to say. Go ahead.
1: Yes. Cause it's just so funny. Cause we didn't talk about this at all, but it's the exact same <laughs> cheat, sheet, cheat sheet I use when I teach this to my oh, students. Perfect. <laughs> so it's, it's ideal.
0: <laughs> awesome. So we'll include that link in the show notes for you guys as well. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap this episode up, but we are going to see you next week on the podcast. We will be doing something very different. We are celebrating our birthdays. My birthday is May 2nd, Jessica's is May 4th. So on May 5th podcast episode, we will be doing something a little bit more personal to celebrate Looking forward to it. our birthdays. Yay. Well, thanks, Jess, for talking to us
1: about that story. I loved it. Absolutely. I hope you guys check it out. Again, Up North at the Cabin by Marsha Wilson Chaw. Love it. All right. We'll see you guys next week.